You're listening to the Painted Goddess podcast with Jennifer Hershu. This is episode number 63. Today is crazy, energy-wise. I feel as though my body is actually processing something, and there's, like, just darkness that surrounds it insulating it so that I'm not able to mess with it too much. <laughs> I've had a very um, <clears throat> interesting <coughs> weekend. The moon was in Pisces on um, Thursday and Friday, part of Saturday. And <clears throat> it's our last quarter moon, which means that the moon is getting ready to be new again. You know, the dismantling, the dissolving, the loosening is in full effect right now. So that is, in, you know, what new moon week is about this last quarter. <clears throat> it wants us to... Um, surrender and let go of what's been building. And so I'm just in that mode of rest yesterday. Spent a lot of time alone, which was not how <laughs> I intended to spend it exactly, but I just really didn't feel like putting any energy outward and when I was asked to I shut down and that's okay you know like I really am a quite an extroverted person so if every once in a while I do this it's like I know people who do this all the time that's like their mode of transportation <laughs> is to work inward. And while that's always part of what I do, I usually share. It's starting to rain now. And I just wanted to record that little reflection. You know, we're in and encourage you to start thinking about little reflections, little revelations. You know, these little earthquakes will continue to happen as Mercury retrogrades in Cancer, you know, reminding us where we came from, reminding us what we're made of, right? The times that forged us. What did we get asked to do? What did we get asked to preserve? What did we get asked? What were the secrets we were asked to keep? Or not keep. You know. <clears throat> I think in some way. All of our. Up. Our growing up time. You know we're asked to preserve something in a certain way. And Mercury retrograding through. Cancer is really that. Um, recollection. That revival. That reckoning of that time Okay, so I recorded that little intro days ago. Today is Wednesday, which is, hello, welcome to the podcast. My name is Jennifer Hershey. I'm the founder of Painted Goddess, a magical container for healing. Um, I have been really, this this journey through, you know, becoming a, a 
an entrepreneur, for lack of a better word, you know, working for myself now, offering um, teachings from astrology, from the lessons that I've learned through astrology have brought me a year and a half of so much like abundance. And I, I can't tell you how grateful I am for every one of you who's listening to this podcast right now, who supported my work, who has reached out and let me know that this work has, uh, affected, touched, you know, inspired you. And I'm here for it. Every week that I record a podcast, I really seek to dig down and and pull out something that is important to be said. It, you know, some a stirring deep within me and something that I've learned on the way, on the wayward path, um, especially my spiritual path, is that my lessons are your lessons, your lessons are mine. And there's not really one thing that I can run into. You know, if you're here and you're listening, like you're meant to hear this message, however you receive it. So noticing what you notice and how you notice it is the way to understanding what this message means for you. And it may not even be the message I intend to <laughs> proclamate, give, whatever, right? My offering is, um, as all good magic is, tethered to no expectation. It's only tethered to the message itself. So the receiver then gets to weave their own meanings. And this is how I think... Um, the world is, right? It's the lesson of the giving tree. Um, and we, we receive these gifts. And as humans, I think we're beginning to understand, you know, <laughs> I look at history in such a weird wide lens. And those of you who've been on this planet several times may be with me on this. I'm going to just test out how this feels because I want to bring the attention to money systems for just a moment and just say it that, and I know I'm, I'm pretty sure I've said it before. This is an ongoing argument I have with my husband. Um, you know, money is imaginary. It's not real. We made it up in order to help us to negotiate and to exchange with strangers and um, because as society kind of started to diversify and get larger, we couldn't know all of our neighbors as intimately as we had. And by the way, all of that intimacy in small towns with the way people viewed um, each other, especially um, influenced by the church and the government, was not with a great... Uh, camaraderie, right? There was so much talk of the evil eye and so much talk of um, intrigue and uh, and everyone was, you know, jostling for position because there was such a rich history of shitty kinds of power dynamics from the top to the bottom. All the way down to telling kids that they should be seen and not heard. All the way from that to, you know, uh, masters treating their familiars, their animals poorly. So there's, there's this history of power. There's this history of separation. There's this history of kind of abuse. And then we make up money so that we can have a anonymous exchange. <clears throat> and... It works, right? <laughs> it works. You don't have to know um, the values of others in order to buy their goods. You don't have to know anything about that uh, person who made or sold anything. Um, but the Aquarian Age has given us so much power back to the collective. 
It's reseating the power to the collective. Can you see that? Can you see that? This is what I see. This is what I see. That the power of the 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 power that be <laughs> had um, its thumb on the anonymity and the uh, lies in the exchange. But with all of us sharing everything on social media, I know more about my high school classmates from their own mouths than I did when I was seeing them every day in school, hearing lies and tiny truths about them through the gossip echo chamber. Right? People's uh, true nature comes pretty quickly to the surface when they have their own megaphones. So I know who I'm dealing with. I know who I want to support. I know who I'd like to have a conversation with and who is not going to be kind to me in conversation or vice versa. I'm not for everyone. <clears throat> Neither are you, by the way. <clears throat> Wear that as a badge of honor, folks. It's the only fucking way to do it. And so this imaginary money that we're now using as um, a way to hurt and to disempower, which was the point all along, you know, access is the true currency. So when you look at how we have created thinner and thinner layers of transparency, um, into the lives of companies and corporations. This is part of the Aquarian age reckoning that power back to the collective. <clears throat> collective bargaining, collective power is what will become the new currency. This is Uranus and Taurus, by the way. And the first uh, time we can remember this in recorded history that's very vivid and even our great-grandparents' um, imagination who raised our grandparents, right, who raised our parents, okay? And some of us, that generation is um, longer or shorter depending on how early in their lives their, you know, our parents and grandparents and great-grandparents had children. But to remember the Depression era, okay, that was when Uranus was in Taurus last. Had a Great Depression. So, a hundred years ago, right? And we are in the throes now of a complete reconstruction. Now, at that time, you, you know, Capricorn wasn't seeing the visitors it's seeing today. Capricorn, uh, which rules government, politics, tradition, pragmatism time management it's the accounting firm of the zodiac it's the erudite factor keeps track keeps time right sets the limits the constraints the con the cage but also the boundaries the healthy boundaries You know, as these archetypes mature, okay, you know, Capricorn is the ultimate mature um, expression of the zodiac in earth form. <clears throat> it wants nothing more than for us all to be as efficient as possible. And as a collective, we tend to be squirrely. We tend to... Uh, distraction. We tend to indulgence. And the age of Aquarius that, that is upon us needs us to join the collective in a new radical way. It's not the joining of before the sheeple, you know, this, this resurgence of this sheep mentality, which is hilarious to be brought up, by the way, by Christians, <laughs> many uh, uh, very stout, uh, God-fearing, quote-unquote, 
Americans, patriotic, fighting for their freedom to not wear masks, to not protect others, to believe that a virus is a hoax, um, but that racism, which is real and documented for centuries, is also a, a hoax. That freedom, that ir- that ir- ir- irresponsibility, that ignorance, that uh, denial, that illusionary space that people tend to uh, live within in order to continue to be comfortable and, and walk with the flock, <clears throat> right? A new flock has been forming for a really long time. And it's a much more diverse and uh, free flock, by the way. When you think of a flock of seagulls or a flock of birds, the crows, it's not the same as fucking sheep. And as we've learned more about crows from those who um, study them, Noticing their minds and their ability to work for the collective. When we look at animals like wolves, their pack mentality and their reverence for life, their reverence for the weakest among them, this is the inspiration. So to talk of sheeps (laughs) is a very um, interesting choice of nature to align with or to even give name to when speaking of people who are organizing themselves around a collective care and a higher, in my opinion, a higher minded evolution of what humanity can look like as a people. And this makes in a lot of ways, quote unquote, money systems, uh, disappear. They dissolve. I don't know about you, but I rarely touch money. Um, I'm reminded of Reality Bites when the uh, Renona, Winona writer's father says, you know, gives her this gas card and she has no idea. You know, she's just trading her work. She's working, basically, pumping people's gas, taking their actual cash, all this stuff. And then... Um, when Ethan Hawke's character, Troy, um, you know, kind of digs into her, talks to her about how, you know, then she goes back with saying that, you know, money is just pieces of paper that float in and your life, in and out of your life, right? And I've often felt this way about money, even though I've spent a lot of time grieving over money. I grew up in a Um, A family where money was not, it was hard worked for. That was a story that, you know, you work hard for your money. I truly believe that, by the way, money is not hard worked for. Um, We exchange value and it's important to understand the exchange of energy. Um... And I've never felt so aligned as I do now in the work that I'm doing where I'm providing value that I think has given my life value and I'm formulating it in a way that I can share it with others. And that happens through this podcast. It happens through the readings that I do. It's happening. um, It happened last year, mostly through the Tarot Collective course that I created And now it's happening through the Astrologic Lab, which, you know, I have more students at one time than I've ever had. And because of the way that I'm working, it's manageable and it feels really good to support all of these people doing the work. Of course, I don't get to tell them how to do the work. I can just guide them and inspire them. So if any of you, I know many of my students are listening, they listen to this podcast, um, do your work, get in there, spend 15 minutes a day, block out just a little bit of time, take that Capricorn energy 
that exists in everyone's chart and just block out a little bit of time to practice your symbol writing, to practice um, understanding the degrees of your chart and to see where the moon is today, where the sun is today in relationship to your personal cosmos, your natal chart. So that's my little <laughs> nod to my students. I love you. Um, and <clears throat> so I, let's just, you know, the solstice is coming. We've got a big week in astrology. I'm going to talk about that on the other side. Aha. Hello, witches. All right. Welcome back. Thank you for listening again. My name's Jennifer. I've been recording this podcast in fits and starts. So let's talk about the, the astrology of not just this week, but let's talk about cancer season. Let's talk about these, this whole real, like the cosmic weather of this astrological time. We are halfway through 2020. We've, we've made it. Some of us, none of us unscathed, none of us completely comfortable. I want to really rely on my yoga training <laughs> for the ability to sit in discomfort. I was talking to two dear, lovely, amazing friends just yesterday about this and that, you know, what is yoga good for? It's sitting in discomfort. It's sitting with our thoughts, the stillness that is required, as well as the physical exertion that is activated while doing certain kinds of yoga. But any kind of yoga is going to bring you into your body and require you to be in it. And part of your body is your emotions. Part of your, you know, you have your emotional body. You have your mental body, you have your spiritual body. Um, there are just so many layers to your existence. And when practicing yoga meditation, which by the way is prayer, which by the way is spell work, okay? Meditation is spell work, visualization is spell work. Um, and when we, when we sit in the discomfort of what is, and not try to change it. Notice the, that, you know, I think some of us really, um, yeah, there's value in envisioning beautiful things, in thinking forward and imagining ourselves coming through whatever we're in right now victorious, right? Rewriting the story with ourselves as the hero or as part of a heroic uh, guild of people who are, you know, at this point on the planet for very intense purposes. Um, and we're here to really evolve, revolve this planet. And, um, you know, the 2020 cosmic weather has really unfolded to show us what it's really um, here for. And it's to shut us up and to shut us down with all the drama and the extra. And we've been definitely in this constellation for a while. I think the other times we've gone through some of this weather. So let me back up. You may have, you may remember if you listen to this podcast um, often that I was digging into Mercury retrogrades and cancer through time, um, recent time. From two, uh, 1960 to 2020 to this year, I wanted to understand the patterns. I wanted to understand what happened. And um, I may have read this list, actually. Um, I'm going to... Um, I'm going to transcribe these dates and put it together. I'm, I need to make some kind of write-up and offer it out. I would love to hear of other people's. We're going to definitely be doing this work in the lab for cancer season. But um, I want, really want to understand if you have had an experience in these years that feels like an echo. 
I think as a planet and especially as the U.S. approaches the, the Pluto return, right? Pluto is coming back to its natal placement. Um, many, many countries, you know, fr France is one. When they had a revolution, they got a new natal chart, right? So their Pluto return actually create it was their front, the French Revolution, one of many, to be honest, right? Because they've been around a really long time. But each time Pluto returns, it's like, bam, right? It, that, the, you don't get to be the same after a Pluto return. And no, no person on this planet um, lives to have its, their own Pluto, their own personal Pluto return, right? So this is the, this is the, the astrology of places and the astrology of, um, of countries. And so here's, here's, you know, Mercury goes retrograde today as I record this podcast. It's retrograding at 14 degrees Cancer and headed back to 5 degrees Cancer. That is happening in a specific place in your chart. If you're curious about that work, I created a workbook for the Mercury retrograde in Cancer. It's 22 bucks. If you want to reach out and get that from me, I'll add you to the list. I'm offering it for free for black, indigenous, and people of color. Anyone who wants to do this work, if you are um, in that work, um, if you identify as um, black, indigenous, or a person of color, okay, then I will give you this work for free. No questions. If that's your identity, if you identify as... Um, <clears throat> so, you know, this work can be helpful to help heal parts. Again, cancer is the moon. It's, 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 um, emotional, cardinal, emotional sign, the cardinal water sign. Its chief idea is to, uh, have this emotional intelligence that's deeper than most, um, other signs. It's. Um, key words are really, I feel there's the healer and the homemaker. It's just this emotional space. Um, it's associated with the stomach and the breasts in anatomical, um, astrology and associated with the fourth house of home, families, nurturing, domestic affairs, and the unconscious which, you know, when you think about that part of the unconscious, you know, um, it's not the same as the 12th houses, which is secrets, right? The unconscious is just kind of like that programming. And I actually want to recommend that you listen to last year's Mercury Retrograding Cancer podcast to see how I spoke about that. There was a lot of, because of the other constellating planets, I talked a lot about the inner child work. That's still at play here. But now we're focused on remothering um, in a way that is transformative, right? We are no longer um, cow-tied to the narcissistic mother, the sacrificial mother, okay, the martyr mother, the mother archetype that is wounded, the wounded mother, okay? There is an, an unfolding that's happening because the feminine divine is being unleashed and shaken free. There is this, this growing within all of us, no matter how you type yourself gender wise, there is feminine and masculine living within you in a, in a dualistic kind of, you know, we're on a polarity planet. There's everything is at play here, dancing around, right? all it's all a dance of opposites that merge into this kind of kaleidoscope merging it's all merging and the more you can be that intersectionality of mergence right and let's be honest you know what's happening right now you know even as you we speak the you know pride month is upon us we just have um you know come through an intense period where black lives matter has been put pushed to the front all kinds of black lives 
And now we're seeing as Pride Month kind of adds its intersection into this mix, you know, those of us who are advocating for specific intersections of people to matter. We're talking about black trans lives mattering, black queer lives mattering, right? Because if you can't really get behind that very intersectionalized, whether the labels are useful or not, okay, you know, there's a lot of people out there that like, labels aren't useful, it just divides. Sure. However, self-identified people who want to be known for who they are, for their own truth, self-naming is important. And when you dismiss their reclamation of power through self-naming, they become invisible. And it is important that everyone feel visible and seen and heard for who they are and what they'd like to be seen as and that there's respect. That's what it looks like to be human in an Aquarian age. And so this is the message. And it's not to say that no one has suffered. Someone hasn't suffered. Everyone has suffered. Everyone. Life isn't supposed to be a fucking vacation. But we're also not meant to debase and dehumanize each other to the point of obscurity, disenfranchisement, and invisibility. Especially when someone is shouting and asking for equal space. So I'm here for it. <laughs> the cosmos are here for it. And for us to do, you know, I'm a white person. <laughs> for me to do my work as a white lady, I have to look at how uncomfortable this makes me to say, you know what, I, I am, I was raised to be racist quietly and subvertly. I was raised to understand that the acts of Amy Cooper are available to me, that the acts of, um, you know, fawning and flailing and being a victim to blackness and being supported by systemic racism for my safety alone at the expense of those who I, you know, I can't even... Um, necessarily imagine doing this in my state now, but I know that I have harmed people that people of color. I know that I have because I cannot <laughs> extract myself from that systemic racism when I was unconscious. And when we know better, we do better. Thank you, Maya Angelou. <laughs> Great mother. So we're doing better. We know better. We're going to learn more and more and do better and better if we show up. And Cancer retrogrades, Mercury retrograding in Cancer, while, by the way, Pluto, Jupiter, Saturn, Neptune, all retrograding. Um, Neptune's not quite retrograding, actually, yet, but it will. And um, Venus is still retrograding as well. So we begin this plunge today into this emerging light of emotional awareness. How, how, how whole, you know, W-H-O-L-E, how whole can you make your emotional awareness, right? How tapped into your body can you get so that when it tells you the truth of your worth, the truth of others' worth with those little tells, you hear it, you feel it right? You must do the work and you also tend to your body to the rest that you need. This is, you know, none of this work, none of this revolutionary work is a uh, sprint. It's a marathon. Um, if we are to look ahead and take uh, wisdom, borrow wisdom, accept, learn wisdom from uh, indigenous peoples, the seven generations forward, when we look seven generations forward, can you even imagine what that looks like? When you look seven generations back and recognize the casting that happened, the scripts that were written, 
and the damage that was done by our ancestors seven generations back, we are the result for better and for worse. So finding where this Mercury retrograde is in your chart, for me, it's in my first house. I have a Gemini rising at 27 degrees. So my uh, Mercury retrograde in Cancer is happening in the first house. I'm learning to meet myself again as a 41-year-old woman who's a mother and a wife, who's doing spiritual work in the world. who's speaking to people who has a voice, who has a microphone, what does that mean? What does that mean that, you know, due to, you know, largely my Leo moon, I would say, that I'm not afraid of my voice being heard. So looking at that place in there, and again, if you want to do this work and you want to in, um, I have a workbook. Um, and honestly, actually, I'll just offer this to I'll 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 donate all the proceeds to that book to um, to an organization. Um, Rachel Cargill has an organization for um, therapy for for black indigenous people of color. Um, and I can't remember the, it might, think, it might just be the, the black therapy fund, but, um, I'll, I'll donate everything from Mercury retrograde, retro upgrade sales for cancer season to that. And I'm offering it to free to, uh, people of color as well. Okay. So spread the word. If you, if you have, are doing this work and you know, people who would buy it and want to donate, that would be, I'm, I'm down to do that as well. Um, you know, Letha, Letha, L-I-T-H-A is this Saturday. It is the 20th of June. It's summer solstice. And we are also experiencing a new moon in cancer on that day. That is an eclipse at zero degrees cancer. All of this while Mercury is retrograding in cancer, not at the same degree, but not far from. And then we've got, um, Venus still retrograding in Gemini. So there's this interesting um, play that's happening. And the moon and the moon and the sun will be together, right? In the sign of Cancer. The moon travels very quickly. So by the following day, it's well on its way towards um, the sign of Leo. And we will have on the 21st, um, let me just <clears throat> look at a couple of the transits that's happening that day. So the 21st, the, um, so we have the moon in cancer. It's conjunct Mercury retrograde on the 21st. Okay. So that means conjunct means that they're together by degrees. So the moon and, you know, and the sun, the sun is pretty much still, still there. They're not conjunct anymore, right? There was this eclipse that's happening on the 20th, but the moon's in cancer. The sun's going to be in cancer and there's a conjunction between the, the moon and Mercury, which is traveling retrograde, traveling backwards. And Mars is in Pisces still. Okay, and this last week, Mars was hanging out with Neptune, just completely conjunct with Neptune. If you had crazy dreams, that's definitely part of that. So Mars is um, in Pisces, uh, and that's sextile to Jupiter retrograde and Pluto retrograde in Capricorn. So the moon beams on the 21st on Sunday. It will have you thinking of the past, of your childhood, you're going to really begin to feel the tractor beam that is cancer season. It's going to really pull you in. So that day is very well suited for baths, for days of rest, for cleansing, um, and for noticing who's in your life that's showing up for you, that believes in your ability to become something new. Okay. 
we are looking at who who allows us to be new not allows allows is a shitty word for that because no one allows us to do anything everything is self-given permission but we do look for validation for those in our lives and everybody's got a script so whose script for you is um exciting and allows you to kind of just continue your work right those are the people you want to share your heart with those are your you know when you when mars is in neptune or i mean mars is in pisces it's like they're looking for that spiritual warrior who's going to fight for my divine right of sovereignty who's going to fight for that it's a call to arms and you get to be part of that army. You get to call you get to show up for those who have been told that the way they do their devotional work, the way they are spiritual, the way they live their life is not okay. You get to show up for them as part of their army. So if you are Noticing, too, that there are lots of people who want to talk to you about your limitations, who want to complain to you about the limitations they're experiencing, you know, don't take it personally and don't take it for, you know, more than it is. There are a lot of people who are not at the point of pushing all the boundaries away. Remember, there are always first adapters when we see evolution and revolution there are always people on the edge and you get to decide where you are. You might not be an edge walker, right? And I'm not saying that I have all the answers by fucking far. I'm still learning. I'm listening. I'm working on myself as well and, um, and doing my best to really open up my eyes to what's happening, especially through a cosmic lens. You should see my bedside table at this point. It's, you should see the table in front of me at this point. It's like I felt like I had to have all of these things with me um, in order to um, kind of support me on this podcast today. But just from the recent past, okay, let's talk about the Mercury retrograding in Cancer. Here's the years, and it's always in the summer. Okay, it's usually June or July. 1993, 1994, 1999, 2000, 2006, 2007, those those summers as well full of revolution when you go looking for revolutionary history by the way you can find it the only place you can't fucking find it is in public school okay and so if you went to even university and was and were not subjected to revolution history the history of revolution is where you will find all of the answers for what it looks like to shift and change a culture. It's not comfortable. It's not fun. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it could be. But it definitely makes you feel alive and like you're in the right place. And I guarantee you are made for living during this time. If you're feeling afraid, find your people, you know, help your heart heal from all of the things that told you you weren't here for it you you aren't enough okay that inner child this is the cancer retrogrades the can, uh, the mercury and cancer retrogrades is trying to tether your head to your heart it's trying to strike that chord it's trying to make sure that you know what that feels like sounds like and is an experience of it isn't always comfortable but it's definitely connected once the head and the heart are connected, you can connect in both directions to the earth and to the sky. You are a channel. Um, and this is something that I feel like I experienced once I learned Reiki. Um, but, our, but astrology still gives me the language and the archetypes to work with. 
So these next two new moons, okay, there's a new moon on June 20th, this Saturday, which is also a solar eclipse and the first day of summer, the longest day of the year, the summer solstice, known as Letha, okay, in the wheel of the year. And then we will have another new moon in Cancer on July 20th. And that new, that new moon in Cancer happens at 29 degrees Cancer. Okay. And sandwiched in between is this Mercury retrograde. Now, Mercury retrograde begins on the 17th, which is today, of June. And it runs until the 12th of July. So right before that next new moon. So basically this whole kind of cancer season is ma marked by the pre-shadow and post-shadow phases. So those degrees in your chart are where you want to look. Now, like I said, this is... Let me... I'm going to, you know what? <clears throat> okay, so I've been reading um, the, the Shamanic Astrology Handbook by um, Daniel Giamario and uh, Kaylin Castell. Great book. Um, works on whole houses. He, they have different shamanic, um, uh, you know, ways of looking at charts. It's very fascinating. It's definitely going to be stuff that we're going to work on in the lab once I kind of understand how to 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 digest it a little bit. Um, Mercury represents, okay, let's talk about Mercury because Mercury is the ruler of Gemini. So we're working with Mercury now. It's going retrograde during cancer season in sign of cancer. So we're working with Mercury then. It's like Mercury can always be worked with, by the way. Mercury represents, it's the, it's the tool, okay? You follow Mercury, you can understand how um, you know, the cosmic brain is processing information. And in for you, your personal natal Mercury talks about and is associated with how you process information, how you think, how you communicate, how you perceive reality, how you process the external world and then communicate that experience. So Mercury is the intended tool. This is from the book. Mercury is the intended tool for the thinking process that, when properly accessed, helps to move a person in the direction of self-actualization. Each Mercury position has a different mode of operating. The four elements of fire, earth, water, and air seem to correspond to what Carl Jung described as the four different types of people. So the fire element corresponds to intuitive type, the air element corresponds to the thinking type. The water element corresponds to the feeling type. And the earth element corresponds to the sensation or physical type. These elements are significant as each element describes the overall approach to the method of thinking. And each sign has its own refinement. So the element and the sign of Mercury position in the natal chart indicate how a person's thinking processes are intended to work most effectively. This shit is like, whoa, right? <laughs> if you're in the lab, you're like, why aren't we learning this? I'm trying to keep it basic, folks. So we're trying to really take it one beat at a time. But these are ex it definitely um, important principles. And I really hope some of you are ready for this. So um, I, I, I'm not going to just completely read from this book each of the placements but it's really interesting and we're definitely going to do this in the lab for next um because i really want to go into how are we thinking and when you have loved ones who are like how are they what are they thinking <laughs> maybe this will give some insight i know for me astrology has really healed my my um need to kind of um understand people because it helps me to understand enough to let them be themselves when I do the work. Um, okay. That was kind of all over the place. I hope that you gathered some threads 
um, so that you can take them down your own rabbit holes. I'd love to hear how this lands, what this brought up for you, what kind of work you're looking forward to doing. I'm really curious what you thought of in terms of the Mercury retrograde and cancer and those echoes, like when we've had those. Um, and if you want to connect with me on Instagram, I'm going to be definitely publishing those dates. And um, I also have a ritual collective group. Um, we're going to be doing a live tonight, actually, um, for retrograde, looking at all of this and talking to people. If you if you go to Facebook and go to Painted Goddess says it's, you know, um, that my Facebook page, I have a group attached to that, which is called the Ritual Collective. You can ask to, to join and those lives will be in there um, saved. So that's where I'm going to go live tonight to talk about all this stuff, take it a little deeper. Um, if you're interested in the Astrologic Lab, it's my monthly program where we take all this work and we study it and you look at it from your own personal chart. So if you're down and ready to really dig in and start understanding how all of these transits affect you personally so you can do the work in the timing that feels aligned with the cosmos, um, come check it out. I'm, I have a rolling open cart. It's 37 a month. It's a huge amount of value you get one-on-one um, -on -one time with me, as well as, um, you know, through through the group, we have um, a mighty network, we have a, a group, and you have a, access to a ton of different, really awesome, amazing people who are going down all the astrological rabbit holes as well. So, um, yeah, reach out. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being human. I see you. I love you and I hope that you're well. All right. You have a beautiful day.